0: you're listening to the creative pep talk podcast this show exists to help you build a thriving creative career i'm your host andy j pizza you can stay up to date with all things creative pep talk by following me on instagram at andy j pizza let's get into today's episode Cyberspace Wars! Han Solo Cup and the Kardashian Empire Strikes Back! Our blue planet has fallen under darkness. Reality TV stars and influencers have taken over pretty much every aspect of modern life, from entertainment to social media, and now even the government is under control from the Galactic Influencer Empire. But. From the darkness, a new light is breaking in. Artists have discovered that there might just be a light side to this influencer force. Could these same channels be used for good? Could artists transform this far-gone society <laughs> if they're willing to swim into the uncharted territories of being known as influencer? So, my little brother used to refuse to drink anything out of any any cup other than his Toy Story Woody cup. If it wasn't in his Toy Story Woody cup, he refused to drink at all. He'd rather die of thirst than drink out of a buzz cup, even. He only used that Woody cup, and it's, you know, he's like 26 now. So he's at least a year beyond that. <laughs> uh, no, this was when he was a little kid. Uh, he, he was obsessed with this woody cup. And obviously, you know, we feel like, wow, how, you know, that's so childish, so immature to refuse this thing that you need to survive just because you don't like the delivery method. Like clearly having a drink has nothing to do with the container it's in and everything to do with what you're drinking. Water is water whether you're drinking it out of a Woody cup, a Batman cup, a a Buzz cup, Pokemon cup, whatever. You know, I have my favorite mugs. My I have a a mug that says Vermont on it. That's what I like to, <laughs> to drink my coffee out of, but it doesn't matter. I can drink coffee out of anything. The focus is the substance inside. Not the container, right? You'd get where I'm going with that. And I feel like our, the modern age for creative people, we are in a bit of a situation where we have become obsessed with our own woody cups, our own containers, if you will. And they're the labels that we identify with. They are, our woody cups are. Titles like being an illustrator for me. Maybe it's being a musician for you. Maybe it's being uh, an actor. Or maybe it's being a stand-up comic. Maybe it's being a designer. Whatever it is, you probably have titles, labels, containers, if you will, that you would like to fill up with your creative juices. Sounds weird. It is weird. It's creativity, baby. But, have you ever considered that maybe you're more obsessed with the container than the juice? Are you in love? Are you romantic about this title, this identity, this label? Is being an illustrator your Woody cup? Or if you were doing virtually the same work, had the same creative juices flowing, but you were called a YouTuber, or a Instagram artist, or an influencer, or a internet personality, would you be just as happy doing that work? My argument would be yes, because it's not about the container, it's not about the identity, it's not about the label, it's not about the cup, it's about what you serve in it. And I think that we are in a day where the opportunities are dramatically shifting. And there are some real opportunities to cash in on right now if we can get past our immature gag reflexes to anything served out of our personalized woody cup. So I think we have Creative people, we have artists dying of thirst because they'd rather uh, they'd rather go thirsty than use something other than their precious woody cup. We'd rather have you know we'd rather n- not be a SoundCloud artist than not be called a musician. We'd rather have nothing than. Be a, have a YouTube show. We'd rather, because we're so obsessed with our TV show being on the channel that we grew up watching, we can't envision investing and spending time and effort in these new channels that seem kind of gross to us. And I just want to pause for a minute and say, I was thinking about this idea of, you know, encouraging you guys to get over the gap. This What this episode's all about is... Me just ruminating on this idea that every creative I know making things of substance and and doing uh, that have this tremendous potential, they have this innate gag reflex to things like Influencer, that title. And I get it. I have the same thing. I don't want to be called an influencer. I'm a podcaster. I don't even want to be called a podcaster most of the time because it's new. It's sounds cheap. It sounds, and it's also been soiled by, you know, these containers. I think sometimes we hate them by association because garbage has been served. You know, we don't want the buzz cup because people were drinking Mike's hard lemonade out of that cup. Like we' like it's you know we don't want to be lower to that level and we then we associate these terms influencer YouTuber podcaster coach life coach these th- all these things with uh, scammers or, or or marketing or whatever these things that we associate with negativity or not art the opposite of art and therefore we don't want to be compared to them by association by filling our Using our art to fill up these containers that we've kind of think have been soiled or whatever. And I see so many of these phenomenal creative people not living up to their potential because they're not willing to invest in these blossoming pathways because of this gag reflex and that they would rather die of thirst than drink from the buzz cup of being an influencer, of being an Instagram artist or having a YouTube show instead of a instead of a, uh, a major network show. And first of all, before we go into like this actual episode, I just want to take a moment to really say, "Hey marketers, you had one job. Marketing. Like getting an idea to spread in a positive way." And instead, you know, you're supposed to be the masters of naming things then why did you name these things things like podcaster, influencer, YouTuber? It reminds me of, do you know the late comedian Mitch Hedberg? May he rest in peace. You guys will be jealous to know if you're a Mitch Hedberg fan that I actually got to see him live in his heyday before he passed away. God rest his soul. Mitch Hedberg was this uh, one-liner comedian, and he said he wanted the job of being the person who names... Kitchen appliances, because it seems like the easiest job in the world. You just take what the thing does and add ER. Or say, well, what about this thing? What does it do? It toasts stuff, all right? It's a toaster. What about this box thing? It refrigerates (laughs) things. Things, A refrigerator. Uh, What what about this thing? What does it do? It blends things. All right, it's a blender. All right, I'm taking a break. And I'm, I mean, marketers, you have one job. You got to name stuff, make the stuff spread. You're like, what do these guys do? They influence people. Influencer. What about this? You, they, they do stuff on YouTube. YouTuber. YouTuber? Listen to that word. YouTuber. I started thinking about what does YouTuber actually sound like? It sounds like back in the day, I'm guessing Roman times, when they were naming the months, because, you know, you have August. I'm guessing that's named after Caesar Augustus. guessing he came up with that, but I'm imagining a boardroom meeting in ancient Roman times, and they're coming up with names for the months, and they say, when they come up to what we know as October, this is before it was named October, they're thinking about what should we name this, and they're like, well, you know, we've got, I think it's a, it's kind of a self-care month, it's like a month dedicated to taking care of you, like, we got pumpkin spice. We got, you know, making your kids walk around the neighborhood and gather chocolate that you can snack on while you're binge watching your favorite shows when they go to bed. Like, this month is going to be the self-care month. It's going to be all about you. We've got a perfect name for it. It's called YouTuber. YouTuber. <laughs> and Caesar's like, ha, absolutely not. It's too on the nose. Like, come on, get a little bit more creative. How dumb does YouTuber sound? I don't care if it's about the month about you, the month about self-care. You got to come up with something that's just a, you know, a little more subtle than that. And that was naming a month. That was them trying to name a month. This is just literally saying exactly what those people do. Do, I, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I don't. But YouTuber would be a terrible month name. Even worse name for an artist that does incredible stuff that connects deeply with their audience through the medium of video. (sighs) Marketers, you had one job. In 79 AD, they passed on YouTuber, but you didn't. Anyway, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I get it. You don't want to put your champagne, this beautiful creativity that you've got into these cheap frat boy uh frat bro red solo cups you don't that you know an influencer that's like a solo cup of a container and you don't you got this beautiful gorgeous stuff and you don't want to put it in there you don't want to soil it i get it but I believe that if you are willing to really invest the same amount of time and energy and effort into these pathways as you do into your dream containers of yesteryear, the romantic notions of being like Bob Dylan or being like Tupac or being like you know, your heroes from the past, if you will take that same effort and invest it in these new pathways you will see a much greater return not just financially but creative fulfillment because this is this is where the room is this is where the attention is this is where the connection with your audience is and i think about it's it's kind of like a gold rush in a way and i want to talk about that in a second but and i just stood up out of my chair cuz i'm getting worked up getting jazzy we just switched gears into second gear creative jazz, in the creative jazz mobile. And, and I sat down. Because I was getting too worked up. Uh, but I, I believe that if you'll invest that same level of intention and passion and interest in these new pathways you're going to find some serious creative gold. And I feel like it's kind of like most creative people I know because of the gag reflex or whatever stops them from investing in these new pathways. It's kind of like you heard there's a gold rush. So you went in your backyard, took a once over walkabout and were like, nah, I didn't see any gold and went back inside and were like, yeah, Instagram wasn't really for me and gave up on it that quickly. Of course, you're not gonna find any gold like that. You gotta go out to the coast. You gotta buy the rigs. You gotta get the pickaxes. You gotta hire a posse, a team that goes deep and invests years of time and effort. Have you ever done that? Have you ever spent whole days trying to make a fantastic post for Instagram? Have you ever bought? actual equipment and 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 production things to make this stuff as legit as the creative work that you put into the pitches for a pop uh, a proper publisher if you haven't i think that you're missing an opportunity i think look at the band okay go like they're one of the a big indie band that happened kind of after this stuff took off and it's and i think they had the same kind of Quality music as other indie bands of their time, but they were willing to spend the time and effort and energy to use tool uh, pathways like YouTube, and and spend just as much time and energy creatively. Like these are creative mediums. They were doing creative things worth their salt in any other arena, but because. It's new because it's been tarnished by Mike's Hard Lemonade. You don't want to use the buzz cup. (laughs) Am I mixing too many metaphors to make any sense? If you hear me, I want you to say, oh yeah, so loud that I can hear you in Columbus, Ohio. Don't really do it. You might be on the subway in Brooklyn. That's where most of my, or not most, but a lot of my listeners are in there. Uh, (laughs) Don't do anything that gets you kicked off. Uh, But today, I want to convince you to not, you don't have to, you know, after this episode, I'm not expecting you to change your Instagram profile to influencer. Please don't do that. I, I, I don't suggest it. But I do hope that you take these new methods more seriously. And I give you some practical tools to do so and some courage to do so so that you can capitalize on probably the most important. Uh, opportunities of our day, not just so you can make good money, but you can thrive and connect with audience where their attention is. So I want to explain to you what I think is going on, why I think you need to invest your time and energy and money in these new online platforms, new relatively speaking, I'm not like a 80 year old man here saying, you, have you heard of this Facebook? I <laughs> like that, but just relatively new in terms of humanity the season that we're in I think we are in a unique season and I think that creative people are uniquely equipped in this time, maybe more than any other time in the history of mankind. Creative people are poised to take advantage of this particular season of humanity, but I feel like we're gonna miss it if we refuse to drink out of the buzz cup. Now, speaking of Toy Story, I think that we will find... Some insight into this season of humanity if we look to Toy Story. Most of you probably don't know this because I don't like to talk about it. Toy Story is actually a is actually a biography of me. I mean, think about it. If you'd need convincing, obviously you just had a huge ha- aha moment where you realized that Toy Story was really all about Andy J. Pizza. Think about it. Same name, Andy. That's the name of the ki- the kid's name is Andy. If you need more <laughs> backup, number 2, obsessed with pizza, P- Pizza Planet. Number 3, as you know if you've listened to this podcast very much, I'm constantly on here crying about my mom, how my mom left me when I was a kid and he they tried to, you know, mix up a few de- few details in Toy Story so that I couldn't sue them by making it an absentee dad, but that wasn't enough to throw me off the trail. I still know that that's based on my life, and that's why I know an inside scoop about Toy Story 4. You've heard Toy Story 4 is coming out. Check it out. I got the goods. I got some juicy goss about what Toy Story 4 is all about. If you don't like spoilers, turn off the show right now because I know the goods. Toy Story 4 is about, it's a prequel to... Toy Story 3. They tried to skip over the teenage years of Andy because as I, look, I lived teenage years of Andy, worst years of my life. I really wish that we didn't go into the details here, but they're going into it anyway. And uh, it's before he goes to college. In Toy Story 3, there's a moment where, so if you're familiar with Toy Story, you know that Andy is obsessed with his toy Woody, the Wild West. He's got Wild West posters. Then next comes Buzz. He gets Buzz Lightyear, the Space Ranger, for his birthday. And it ushers in a new season of Andy's life where he's out with the old Wild West, in with the Space Race. And everything becomes about Buzz Lightyear. Well, in Toy Story 4, they're going to tell the story of Andy getting a brand spanking new toy. And it's an iPhone. So he gets an iPhone and he just spends hours and hours and hours glued to his little screen, completely ignoring Woody and Buzz until they have to team up and think we've got to knock some sense into this kid. We're going to pull a fast one on him, or uh, uh, we're going to uh, not a fast one. We're going to pull, I don't know what to call it. We're going to do what we did to that evil neighbor, Sid. We're going to come alive in a last ditch. Intervention to break this iPhone addiction for Andy. It's gonna get dark. This is gonna be—I don't even know if it's gonna get a PG rating. This Toy Story 4, but the—they're uh, gonna—they're gonna come alive and they're gonna say, "Look, you just can." First, it was Wild West. Then it was the space thing. Who even are you anymore? And so they plan it. They shock Andy by coming alive, and and they have to pry the iPhone from his hands. And they're like come on play with us again and andy's like look let me tell it to you raw first you had the wild west long gone we're sick of the wild west we you know the old stories of colonization of the americas like it's just not politically correct anymore woody it's old news we're not interested in the wild west it's been explored and buzz it's not about the space race anymore. It's about the cyberspace race. Because we don't have, you know, with fossil fuels and, I don't know, we just, we just can't, we don't have, the, we don't have the, the tools to explore space like we thought we were going to. And so we gave up and we created a virtual world called cyberspace, a.k.a. the internet. And that's where the final, final frontier is today. And so, I, I don't know who could possibly think that that's the real plot for Toy Story 4. It's not. But it's a device to share with you the season that I think that we're in as humans. Is that we had this season where we were out exploring the world, charting uncharted territories, making new maps, doing some pretty ungodly things by taking over areas whatever that was the path they were doing that terrible stuff that's not what this show's about then we talk about you know the final frontier space we're gonna go chart territory there until we realize that's really hard and expensive and 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 whatever but you know we'll let elon musk see if he can figure that out but where we are today The real exploration and adventures is in cyberspace. There's a cyberspace race, land grab, in the same way that back in the day they were finding new territories and exploring new places. This is where we're exploring today, and it's a race to colonize the islands of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts. And I think that we're we're in early days. Like, if if this was America, we're only as far as the Mississippi. Like, there is still years and years and years of setting up camp in these online profiles. And there's no indigenous people on these profiles at this point. This is getting to be a very mixed metaphor that's making me very uncomfortable that I did, did not foresee. But... I stand by the fact that we are in a unique season of humanity where I think partially because we lived through the invention of the internet, the discovery of these, the, this new cyberspace race that we think that we're just going to keep finding new islands and why invest in Instagram today when there's going to be another you know, photo app or another social app Discovered in three months. I just don't think that's the case, and I actually think we're we're in this really small blip of time where maybe some of the gold has already been harvested from the internet. That was like the dot com boom and and the apps, you know, you know, early days of these apps. But there's still a lot of land to grab, and if you aren't investing real money, real time, real effort into maximizing your grabbing of this territory as creatives today, you are missing out on an incredible opportunity. And I want to talk about some of the reasons why you might be ignoring this opportunity and help you work through some of that. So this is the cyberspace war the colonization and exploration of planet Twitter, planet Facebook, planet SoundCloud, planet podcast, planet YouTube. These, in my experience, why did it take me so long to pour my art into these solo cups, if you will? Why would it take me, why did it take me so long to really see the art that I make as its highest function being poured into these new containers. Why did why did I not do that? You know, I think for a long time I was trying it. I was trying it out, if you will. You know, trying Instagram, trying that. It's kind of dipping my toes in the water, seeing what happens, you know, if something went viral and crazy and it was meant to be, then great. If not, whatever, but I think it's it's it is very similar to if we're talking about cyberspace wars, if we're talking about Han Solo Cup, let's talk about Yoda. What does he say? There is no try, there is only do. And it's my experience, it's been my experience, that when I started to see that we were in this season of humanity where we're doing this cyberspace race, land grab, and we were, and I saw that you could make as fulfilling a... a art on these pathways as you could the pathways of yesteryear. How many times have I said yesteryear on this episode? Not a term you hear a lot in the modern day. You heard it a lot more in yesteryear. (laughs) That was a term that they would say back then. Um, (laughs) But what I found out was when I had this realization that this is the this is the era that I live in. This is the opportunities that are before me. I started to not just try Instagram, but do Instagram. <laughs> and I just started to not just passively engage on those platforms or or in my podcast. I started investing large parts of my week, large parts of my the the income that I was spending on promoting my work on Making stuff for these platforms. And what I found was there isn't try, there is only do. There is only are you, if you are not as successful in these areas as you want to be, it's my guess that it's because you've never just done it for real, never really said, you know what, I'm not going to just dip my toes in. I'm going to learn how to swim in these territories. And if you will take the time and energy to learn these platforms, learn what works, read the books, spend the money, spend the time to actually invest in this, you're going to see real results. And I'm not saying that you're going to have 200,000 followers on Instagram. I'm saying that if you have 1,000 followers on Instagram, it is a milestone. It is a deal breaker for the way that publishers and record labels and, and gatekeepers see you. If you have 10,000, you're called a micro-influencer. And we're going to get to that second in a second. But my guess is the real reason you're not seeing the results you want to see from these new pathways is because you're just trying them out instead of properly doing them and properly uh, investing in these arenas. And so I want to go through... Maybe three reasons why you're not. And just kind of speak to individuals here. Like you're probably going to identify with one of these and not all of them. But I want to I see which of these tingles your toes. And let me speak directly into your heart and soul. Your creative, your sweet, sweet creative soul. <laughs> Number one, are you a Han Solo cup? We're going to reference, I'm mixing a lot of metaphors. we got Toy Story, Star Wars, Solo Cups, Influencers, a big grab bag. Are you a Han Solo Cup? You just have the gag reflex. You're, you're Han Solo, keeping it cool. You don't want to be an influencer. You don't want to be an Instagram artist. You're cooler than that. And, you're, and, and here's my problem. Like, First of all, opportunities are going that way, even as an illustrator. Lots of the opportunities are going going the way of influencers. That's where a lot of those jobs are going. And here's what I want to encourage you with. If you're just if it just grosses you out a little bit, let me give you some encouragement. One, I would argue that it's not art until someone passionately claims that it's definitely not art. Basically what I'm saying is think about warhol you think about picasso you think about who, you name it these people that we remember we remember them for the stuff that they were doing that the people at the time were claiming that's breaking the rules of art that's not art and until you're doing something that people are saying that's not art about maybe you're not making art and so in my mind podcasting influencing youtubing I think we have this feeling that the, the people on top are like, you know, looking down at these new pathways and saying, that's not art, and that's the first sign that maybe it is. Maybe you're crushing new territory. Maybe you're exploring something that has potential to touch people in a new way and speak new life into these old things. And so I would if you' if you just have that gag reflex because you're like,, Ugh, that's not art, maybe that's the sign that it is. So that's my first encouragement. The second encouragement is that uh, I believe that if you look up ahead of you on the on the path, you're going to see people that have made it to network television, made it to uh, you, you know these these big outlets that we. Fantasize about, and they turned back the other way. I think about Tim Ferriss with his podcast. Maybe you don't think of him as an artist, but he is a creator of content and and creator of all kinds of different things. Doing new stuff in our era. I'm not trying to to defend Tim Ferriss. He's not like my homeboy or anything, but he has this interesting story of you know getting to this point where he's making. TV on a major network, and that experience burns him so bad because it's so there's so many cooks in the kitchen, there's so these high budgets, and executives are cutting down everything that they're doing that he's like, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to make a podcast at, just as a creative outlet. And that thing takes off, and he gets so much creative control in this new pathway where it's not as crowded that he readjusts all his resources away from TV towards podcasts. That you see the same thing with Jerry Seinfeld with comedians in cars. Like, if, you know, my two encouragements for you, Mr. Han Solo Cup, are one, it's not art until someone says it isn't. And two, even if you got to do these, if you, even if you got to use these woody cups of yesteryear, they're probably not going to be as sweet as you think that they are because times have changed. Number two, maybe you're a Kylo Jenner. That's a mixture of Kylo Ren and Kylie Jenner. I don't know. I I don't even know. I'm not, I don't follow the Kardashians or all that, but there's something going on there. And maybe you're the type that has a pretend gag reflex hiding behind fear. You know, Kylo Ren He's the emo Darth Vader, if you didn't know, in the new Star Wars movies. And he kind of pretends to be cool, like Han Solo, like, I'm tough and mean. But he's really, like, crying to himself when he's alone uh, about his new friend that he made, Rey. He doesn't know if she really likes him. And it's it's very, very, uh, I don't know, taking back Sunday. Uh, (laughs) But maybe you're one of these people that, It's easier for you to pretend to be grossed out by Instagram and YouTube and influencer when in in reality, you're just afraid that you don't have what it takes to succeed on these new pathways. And so I have some encouragement for those folks. You know, uh, (laughs) I'm just laughing about, nothing forget it we're gonna move on <laughs> uh, but if you don't believe in yourself uh, and you think that maybe maybe it's that you're like why even invest in Instagram when the artists the only artists that get any play from that are the artists that have a million followers and that just seems like something that you know is unattainable for you and it very well mal- it probably is I'm not gonna lie to you not there's not uh infinite amount of artists that are gonna get hundreds of thousands of followers, but I went and I've been reading these resources about influencers for you. Not for me, I don't need it, for friends. I need to have this information for friends like you. Uh, But I've been reading these books and they talk a lot about how there's a massive shift in the way that brands engage and work with influencers and artists and they're not looking for, they're not always looking for the person that has mass appeal, that has everybody following, you know, the people with millions of fans, they're more often than not looking for what they call micro influencers, people with 1,000, 10,000 followers. And that these people that have unique connections with the niche group of people that these people want to reach, those are the people they're looking for. And so if you are a Kylo Jenner who is pretending to have a gag reflex instagram who needs it like pfft, i don't need my dad's love i'm i'm stronger than that i'm just a mean guy if you're pretending like you have a gag reflex and it's an excuse for swimming into these waters because you don't believe that you have what it takes to have millions of followers my encouragement to you is you don't need to you don't have to the 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 achievements that you need to reach to to start seeing some of the progress that you want. The milestones are probably a lot smaller than you think that they are. And third one, I don't have any pithy, maybe it's, I don't know if you can call Kylo Jenner a pithy joke, it's, it's definitely not, but I don't have any clever thing to say, but maybe you're Luke Skywalker, that's the third one. You're just hiding. You just don't want to be seen, and I always say, you know, what do you call an artist uh, that doesn't want to stand out? I don't know. You don't, but you don't call him an artist because being an artist is about standing out. It's about being seen. It's about self-expression, and you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can do that behind a mask if you want to, but at the end of the day, you have to share. You have to get yourself out there, and I think that for a lot of us, uh, we realize that. Being known as creative people, it's not a reward, it's the cost of playing the game. And I think about it's a sacrificial love, it's a sacrificial gift to give up things from your personal life, your privacy, your experience through your creativity. It's a sacrificial gift to share those things for the benefit of your audience and some of you are just the Luke Skywalker pretending, you know, on Tatooine saying, oh, I got to get off this boring rock. But the second that Obi-Wan is like, hey, do you want to go with me to Alderaan? You're like, no, I'm afraid. No, you're, you know, oh, I wish I was a big successful artist, but you won't share your life. You won't pour yourself into your art and sacrifice your privacy and, and, and show your true self and show Uh, and let yourself be seen because you're too afraid, you're too anxious about people really seeing what you've got. And so to you, I would just encourage you to say that, uh, you know, fame isn't the reward. It's the cost of, and and not even fame, but just being seen is the cost of being a creative. And if you want to do art that matters, I think you've got to figure out some way of coming to terms with being seen. So I started thinking about, you know, we're dealing with Han Solo Cup, Kylo Jenner. Like, who do they need? They need an influencer life coach named Yoda. (laughs) I feel like some of you Star Wars fans just died. I imagine what would influencer life coach Yoda look like. And I thought, "Mm, hmm, mid-morning Eastern time you must post for maximum impressions, Mm." (laughs) Oh, I hate doing impressions on the podcast. Nobody's making me, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm making myself. One of the things I find most funny is people that are bad at impressions doing impressions, uh, it's almost, it's funnier to me than people that are good at it. But I thought about what if uh, Mark Zuckerberg needed a life coach? What what uh, life coach Yoda might say to him when he's weighing up, being afraid that he's not making enough money on Instagram. And, you know, he's working out of a place of fear. It's like, I don't know if we're taking full advantage of these users and making the most money on them. How? Uh, what am I going to do? I, I've got to do something and... Yoda's trying to convince him not to take the wrong path and say, "Mm, fear leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to the Instagram algorithm. Mm." You know Yoda is against the Instagram algorithm. Mark, get away from the dark side. We just need things in chronological order. Quit making these platforms only for ads. Anyway. (laughs) What is happening on this episode. Uh, So here's what I've got. Your influencer life coach Yoda is here to help you as creative people. Look, you don't have to want to be a full-time influencer. I want you to do your creative work, but I want you to learn the dark arts of influencer, uh, the things that they know that allow them to get, great connections with audiences through these new pathways so that you can take advantage of the best opportunities going right now. And, I, and, I, and so here's what I, here's what Influencer Life Coach Yoda says to you. Number one, brand your person you must. And that, that means have a personal brand. I've got to stop with this Yoda thing. Uh, here's a few things that I learned about personal brand. Number one, Same name on all channels. I stumbled into this and it's made a crazy benefit to my creative career. So a few years ago, four four years ago, they came out with the, instead of having just .com at the end of your website, you could have things like .pizza. And my website, my web domain at the time was andy-j-miller.com, and it was a mouthful. And I thought, you know, the got dot pizza. I love pizza. I'm almost addicted to pizza. What if I just make my website andyj.pizza? Really easy to remember. And then a bunch of people just thought my name was Andy J Pizza, and so. I went with it because it was available on all the platforms. So I could have on Instagram or Twitter or or whatever. They can all be Andy J at Andy J Pizza. And something crazy happened that I didn't expect. It was so much, I got so much better engagement. And it was so much easier to communicate that I got, I started to get more followers. And all of these, like, a a tide started to turn when I had that simplicity of personal brand and it was, I kind of stumbled into it on accident, but I wish I would have been able to, I wish someone would have told me when I got started, what you name yourself matters. You know, I think sometimes when you hear something named really poorly, we can't even engage with it. You know, a restaurant that has a weird name, you're like, it doesn't sound like a thing, you know? So what, What I'm encouraging you to do is when I changed my name and profile, I was already completely within my full-time creative career. And I still hear people saying, well, I can't switch it now. What are the 150 followers that I have going to do when they see that I've changed my name? They're not going to notice and and Andy, I'm talking to you two years in when you're panicking. What if I change my name on Twitter and nobody recognizes me? Nobody knows you. And they're not going to know you until you have a clear name that's memorable. And you know, I think about Paul Rand. He would talk about what is he, this is a famous designer if you're not a design person, what does a famous what does a logo need to do to be successful just two things it needs to be appropriate and memorable and if your name is not appropriate and memorable it's bad branding and you should change it if it's a name that's uh Hard to remember if it's a name that's hard to read when you turn it into a a handle on Instagram or Twitter, you might need to think about changing it. And if you're not in a place where you want to be in your career right now, then you're still in a time where that's totally manageable. So same name on all channels. It's a name that's memorable. And then another thing I would say encourage you in terms of personal brand is, I think that for me, personal brand shifted a lot. I, when I realized that having a great personal brand was less like having a persona and more like revealing my shadow side. And so this comes from psychology. Persona is the person that you pretend to be. It's the, per. it's the face that you put on, you know, growing up. I think you learn that you need to be someone or you you're afraid to be your real self and you think that you need to be someone that you're not so you build a personality on top of your true personality to show to the world something that you think is presentable and it's all based on your it's all based on your insecurities and hopefully as you get older you learn to work through your persona and throw off the mask you know Ben Stein from the movie The Mask with Jim Carrey what he said was, we all wear masks, metaphorically speaking. And we do. That's our persona. That's the person we show to the world. And when we think about personal brand, I think a lot of us don't like the idea of it because we think it means persona, not a persona brand, a personal brand. And it makes me think about this psychological concept that I think was originates with Carl Jung, where he talks about. The shadow side of your personality, the per the part of you that you have put in subconscious prison in your mind, the part of you that you don't want to look at, and it's not about just your bad habits like that. Your bad habits, not or, you know, or your past or whatever, those things don't necessarily claim your identity. I'm just talking about what are the parts of your personality that you have tried to switch off or tried to look away from or you know, have tried to run from or pretend weren't part of you. And I think embracing those things, embracing your history, your experience, your past, your, all these things, and figuring out a way of communicating them, revealing them, revealing who you really are, that's, that's a big part of creating an authentic personal brand that's actually going to resonate. Do you hear the, the buzzwords that are coming out of my mouth right now? Resonate. What was the other one? Authenticity. You know I'm speaking influencer right now, but it's true. And I wish I had better words because I think it's, it's so true. Last thing I'm going to say about personal brand. I'm going to give you this homework. Find five topics that people can, when they think of, they can think of you. That's, you know, a lot of people in branding would say brand is about association, it's about when you hear this word, when you hear Andy J. Pizza, what are the five things you think of? And you can actually incept those things purposefully and authentically and in, 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 uh, what's the other one? Resonatingly <laughs> into your audience. But seriously, even if you're just an illustrator, what are the topics that when when they come across an art director's desk, you want them to think of you? I'll give you five for me that I've developed over the past Ten years. Number one, creative career marketing like that. That's something that's a big part of my personal brand. Another thing, invisible things, aka surreal things, obscure. You know, philosophy, spirituality, mysticism, and uh, dreams like the the part of life that you can't see. Big ideas, that kind of jazz. That's number two. Number three on my list, ADHD. That's one that I'd like to increase on my personal brand because it's a mental health thing. I haven't really ever thought about it being a mental health thing. Uh, when I was talking with Fran, Franard, a few episodes ago, when we did the interview with her, after we got done, done talking, she was saying, "You know, you should think about talking more in your artwork about your ADHD because it really, it really connects with people when you're talking about that on the podcast, and it's." and it's mental health related and people need to hear it and i just started thinking man i'm so proud of my adhd and i'm so, and i'm so passionate about advocating for people with adhd and and the reality and the struggles and the beauty of it and the and the facts of it that it's it's a factual thing it's a thing that's been cataloged by science it's not a and it's something very misunderstood and i would love to be more known for my adhd and and i'd love to do you know comics and work and, 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 illustrate articles about it. Two other ones, pizza <laughs> and pizza couldn't be more authentic. I wish, le- I wish it was less authentic. Pizza is a everyday battle. Hero's journey. That's probably my fifth one. The hero's journey is just something that my whole life is about the hero's journey. I'm obsessed with it. You guys never hear me stop talking about it. I want to illustrate a new version of Joseph Campbell's heroes of a thousand faces or something to do with that. Or I want to, I have books that I want to write that are hero's journey. And I do a lot of my work is about journeys and actually get hired to you know, I got hired to do a project for YouTube where I was illustrating uh, their users' journey. And so those are the five things I think about. What are the five things that you want people to associate with your brand? That's your brand. That's what it is. It's not that much harder than that. You start making work about those topics. Like it's not all about form, it's also about function. It's not about how you say it, it's about what you're saying. What you say determines your artistic voice and style as much as it as much as how you say it so the content matters it's not just the style it's the substance andy settle down you're getting a little bit stern with the the listeners out there and it's not that serious it's just creative work <clears throat> okay number 2 hmm talent you must scout <laughs> impressions on the podcast. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into. Uh, talent you must scout. Being a talent scout, this is a way of, you know, if you're going to be an influencer, if you're going to be successful in these pathways, you got to think about networking. you got to think about connecting. You can't be an island. You can't just set up a YouTube channel, never connect with anybody else on YouTube and expect users to find you. So networking becomes a massive thing. But I feel like The first half of my career, I was doing networking all wrong because I was thinking about it like trying to be... I thought of networking as befriending my heroes. And what I went on to find is that even after you're successful, even after your heroes respect you, you will never... It's highly unlikely that you will ever connect with your heroes beyond being a fanboy or fangirl. Like, you have to... like. It's just not that likely because it's hard to connect on a personal level with someone that you admire and, and put on a pedestal and, and whatever. And also, they're just they have, they're full up on friends. There's lots of people that are trying to network with them. And it's just not an effective tool. And it makes you weird and awkward and strange at these places. And I've found doing the exact opposite to be the best method of, t- of, of networking. And it's instead of networking with the bigwigs, become a talent scout. Like we need talent scouts anyway because they're just not out there anymore and I have whole episodes about that, but I'm not gonna go into that right now. What I'm gonna tell you is if you wanna network, you need to think long game. Don't think about who could help you right now and try to use them, but who can you help right now? If there are, for me, the people that have had the biggest impact on my creative career in terms of networking were the people that I saw potential in and connected with and poured in and gave legs up to. Those people go on to positions of power. Those are the people that end up making the industry five years from now. And so instead of looking at, I'll say it again, I guess, instead of seeing who can help me... Who can you help? Who are the people that you you need to use your creative mind and look around this industry, look around that platform, look at the people that are way under noticed and start noticing them and plugging them and connecting with them and collaborating with those people because nobody is. And if you are a creative worth your salt, then you should have a good, good taste You should be able to know what's good before it hits. And investing in those connections will be the most valuable networking that you can do. So it's a totally different way of of thinking about networking. Number three, the last one. Mm, Tactics you must employ. All right, that's the last Yoda impression you're getting from me. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, tactics, you got to use some tactics. I like just sharing tactics with you guys because nothing jazzes me up. Nothing encourages me more than not just empty words of you're going to be fine, but but here's something you can do so that you'll be fine. So here's some tactics that have helped me on these platforms. Number one is, and, and I and I got these from books and stuff. It's not just stuff I've made up. But like hashtags, like go deep within your industry and authentically give back. Don't just try to take, get immersed. If you're in kids books, if you're in design, if you're in whatever, go and go follow the hashtags that you're interested in on Instagram and go look through them and find the ones that you really like, like them and comment on them with something genuine. I'm not telling you to just go, I'm a, I want to be an illustrator. So I look up the illustrator hashtag and like every single post. No, waste of your time and energy. But if you like editorial illustration, check out that hashtag, scroll through there, find things that blow you away and make deep connections with the people making that stuff that's something that you can really start growing your uh network through. Another thing you can do is questions at the end of your posts. This is something they suggest in the book Influencer by Brittany Hennessy. I'm going to talk I'm going to talk about that later, but that's another thing you can do is just instead of your post being all about you, this is just a mentality as well as a tactic. A tactic is end your Instagram post or your YouTube post or whatever YouTube video with a question. But it's not just about that tactic. It's a mindset perspective shift that says my art isn't just about me. It's about you. It's about our connection. It's about our shared experience. And so how can you how can you make what you're doing about them? It's as simple as, Asking a question, inviting uh, a dialogue, and your art not just being a monologue. Always point to the same name. This was a big game changer for my Instagram following when I just started thinking, you know what? Every point of contact, like at the beginning of this show, you noticed I started saying, "Hey, follow me on Instagram if you want to follow, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing." And when I'm when I start a talk, when I end a talk, I say, "You can follow me on Instagram at this handle." And when I. Give out business cards, whatever. I always point to that same name. I think your handle trumps your URL in this day and age. Here's another trick that I recommended to somebody that's worked pretty well. Think about you know, all these planets aren't created equally. You know talk about the cyberspace race of Twitter versus Instagram versus whatever all these planets, you know some of those planets are have a lot of attention that's really cheap. And then there are other planets where the following actually really pays dividends to you and they're not the same. So maybe you can make more money on Instagram than you can on YouTube, but there's more attention on YouTube and you could set up a YouTube channel, not necessarily to make money, but to push people to the channels that do. And so you can siphon off attention from other channels so that there's a a deeper layer of strategy, It's siphoning technique. Here's one from Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about if you're struggling to create content, instead of thinking about creating, think about documenting. You know, people love to watch the story of someone growing and getting better and 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 go along for the journey, not just after they've all figured it out. And so how instead of thinking about oh how do i make the most gorgeous post today what can you show about behind the scenes about what it looks like to make this stuff about sharing what's on your heart what's on your mind what's going on with you it's not all about presenting this final product it's also about it's also about inviting people along for the journey two more things roundups this is from the influencer book they talk about if there is a you know a roundup of the best websites from illustrators, and you don't get included, you can send that blog a note and say, Hey, I loved that. I loved these particular websites. Be authentic about it. And then say, Hey, this is my creative website. If you're looking for more things to feature next time, and then you can also even do your own roundups. You know, on your Instagram, it doesn't have to be all about you, or on your YouTube, it doesn't have to be all about be about you. A way of connecting with other channels and not being an island is saying, "Here's the best YouTube accounts to follow," and then letting them know. I share people that talk about the podcast all the time, and so that's another way of uh, growing your. Whatever your your engagement, impressions, your authenticity, your resonating, all of the buzzwords. You know, I can feel you you can feel feel my gag reflex that I'm working through to do this episode for you. Admitting that I've read a book called Influencer. For you, I do it for you. Gosh. Quit judging me. Last one of Yoda life coach Yoda's tactics for growing your platform is the food pyramid of posts. All you know, you can't eat salts and sweets all day every day. You know, I blame the food pyramid of the '90s for our struggle with food in America. You had that whole bottom rung was gluten. That whole bottom. The biggest part of the, of the triangle was bread. You thought that's how we were supposed to eat? Why do you think I eat so much pizza? I thought, well, I'm getting in my most important part of the food pyramid. This whole thing's bread. It's like Jim Gaffigan talking about uh, when you go to a pizza place, you say, well, we'll have some sticks of bread, and then we'll have a big uh, circle of bread, and then we'll finish it with uh, cinnamon bread. Like bread, bread, bread. No that was terrible terrible idea but in the same way your posts don't all have to be your art and i would think about what's your own personal food pyramid of posts so some of them are building your personal brand talking about the five topics we talked about earlier some of the posts are going to be about going to be your art some of those posts are going to be about showing you but you need to go go look at the people that whose platforms you admire the most and see what their food pyramids look like and try to strike a better balance. I've done that recently. I realized that most of my Instagram posts for a l- for a while were just digital art and I don't really like when artists do that. So I need to I need to change my diet. And I started to. So there you go. There's this song called One Day With You, and rather I might I should say there's a video, a music video, called One Day With You. It's by a musician called Pogo. You might have heard of this chap. He's most probably famous for taking Disney movies, cutting them up into songs, and creating these YouTube videos out of it. Like his top two are a song called Alice and a song called Forget Alice is about Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, you should go check it out. I think it's pretty good. It's not. It's probably not groundbreaking musically, but I do think it was kind of groundbreaking on YouTube. And anyway, back to this music video. It's called One Day With You. There's like 500,000 views on it. I'm probably 400,000 views on <laughs> this video. And this video, what I love about it is it's kind of, it's very creative pep talk in its spirit. It's a kindred spirit creatively. It's uh, splices of all of these parts from movies where there's this real story arc of kind of enthusiasm at the beginning about some kind of goal and then hardship and then triumphant overcoming of the hardship and kind of euphoric celebration at the end. And the reason I've watched this video 400,000 times is because it gets me in the zone. I often watch it before recording the last part of this podcast. I often watch it before I go do my public speaking because it gets my heart tender. I get to, I turn into emo Andy and I get some of those, you know, I, I cry when I watch this video and, and when I'm feeling beat up on the creative career path, which happens to me all the time, and I feel like giving up, and I feel like really bad, like bad feelings, I will watch this video because it reminds me that uh, what you do when you're feeling great doesn't matter so much, but what you do when you're feeling beat up is what it's all about. And if you can get beat down to the bottom and then pep talk yourself into giving your best in those moments, those are the moments that change everything in your creative career, and so I've watched this video a billion times because it it just moves me to see humans, see these clips and this kind of inspirational music of these people like getting beat up and saying I'm getting back up and I'm going to work for it and and I'm going to triumph over this thing and and I'm going to succeed and they they you know hit the finish line and just I get so moved by it. So why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because. It's not really a song. The song doesn't really do it for me. The video alone wouldn't do it for me. It's the YouTube video. That's the medium, that's the art. It's a YouTube video. And if Pogo would have said, you know what? I either have to do the Beatles, John, uh, or uh, Bob Dylan path, I have to do it like my heroes did it, or nothing, this YouTube video wouldn't exist, and yeah, he, he wouldn't have the maybe financial rewards or or the success or the fame or whatever the, the, the piece of pie that he's got. But more than that, he wouldn't be impacting the people he's impacting. And some of my best work ha- was inspired by this one video, in my opinion. And he probably doesn't even know that. But if he would have saw the solo cup of YouTube that said, this isn't really art, this is new... You know, influencer garbage, like I'm not going to pour my musical champagne into this cheap solo cup, then he would have never had that impact. And I think that we live in a time where so many of us are discouraged by how our culture is unfolding and what it's turning into and transforming into. And a lot of that has to do with what we're consuming, what we're paying attention to, what we're entertained by. And there's this bad news about those on the dark side of the creative force. They don't judge the container. They don't care. All they ask is, are people drinking from it? Then fill up my cup. Mazel tov. It's the black-eyed peas we're talking about. That's the people we're <laughs> up against. <laughs> uh, I just imagine, well, I am listening to this podcast and getting angry. But if you're listening to the podcast, man, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not a major fan of your music, but that's the the dark side of the creative force. They don't ask So what are they? What are these people drinking out of? Frat bro, frat bro, solo cups. I'm not putting my creative champagne in that. No, they fill up those cups with Mike's hard lemonade and and Coca Cola. And our culture is drinking these sugary drinks from these creative people that are not. Don't have the integrity to, to question how people are consuming what they do, or they just they just swim right in. You know, I find it so discouraging to find that people with bad motives go to crazy efforts to sell what they're doing, and people with great motives and great substance don't because they think it should sell itself. But it's not true. You know, Zig Ziglar would say, like even a history teacher needs to be a great salesperson. You know the teacher that sold you on English, that sold you on math, that sold you on uh, history, and it changed your life. It, when, when you understood the significance of it, when you understood why it mattered, all of a sudden you were all in and it changed your whole perspective. I remember what sold me on philosophy, what sold me on literature, it was great salesmanship by people who were passionate enough and dedicated enough to put the time, money, and energy in the sales of it. And, and they, did it, uh, they didn't just expect it to sell itself. And I think it's, it's sad to me that the people with the worst motives are the people that are willing to swim into these territories and fill up these solo cups, fill up YouTube, fill up Instagram, fill up whatever, and before they've judged it, and all the people with the substance sit back and be like, I'm not putting my stuff in there. But I'm telling you right now, if you're not happy, yes, the problem is that you are not going, you're going to die of thirst if you're not willing to use these new pathways. You're going to miss the, uh, the space race land grab while it's at the peak if you don't swim in the territories. But worst of all, the culture is going to suffer if those with substance refuse to fill up these cups. So babies... Fill up those solo cups with the most beautiful creative juices, the most life-affirming fuel. Put your best work on YouTube so that I can watch it 400 times and get inspired to inspire other people to do the same. Don't judge a platform by its cover. (laughs) Don't let the Kardashian empire of influencers educate all of our culture or we're going to be in situations like this. Spend that time and energy, that love, that time, that effort on these new platforms because they might sound gross to you. They might get your gag reflex. But I really believe that if you'll put your best work into these platforms, that you are going to see connection and fulfillment and and reward unlike all the other things that you could pour into, all the other b- platforms of yesteryear and and then the silver lining of it or the, the, the clincher, the icing on the cake is that if you prove yourself on these less than platforms in your mind, the platforms of yesteryear will start to take notice. You won't believe how much easier it is to get your foot in the door when you uh, with a network when you've proved yourself on YouTube, with a publisher when you've proved yourself on Instagram or Twitter, when you've proved yourself with metrics uh, of these new pathways. And the only way you're going to do that is to not just try, but do. Some quick resources for you people. If you like this episode or you need more, you know, one of the things that I've done I've gone out of my way to read and research and spend time and effort uh, to be good at these new platforms, pathways, ways of doing your art and read what the experts have to say. You can't say that you've given it a good try and you know Instagram's just not for you because you, because you put a few things on it and you don't have a million followers. Have you read books about it? Have you read what the experts know? Like I've found a lot of growth from taking these things seriously, and a lot of that comes from looking into resources. Some of the ones we talked about: uh, "Influencer" by Brittany Hennessy, It's mainly mainly written for female influencers on Instagram. And you might feel, if you're not one of those, you might feel a bit silly reading it like I felt, but there's tons of really good info on there. And it's all about um, best practices, all kinds of great stuff. A lot of stuff from this episode, a lot of the tactics came from that book. There's a book called Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Again, you know, one of the things I just want to do an aside real quick, I talked about Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk and A whole swath of people on here that are not like me uh, that I I don't agree with on tons of stuff that I might not like all of their personality or whatever it is but one of the things that uh, I'm going to talk about in a future episode is this idea of openness Uh, openness to experience is what the neuroscientists call it and it's one of the key factors for creativity are you open about what you're putting into your brain and I think that your creativity is less about what you have in your brain and, you know, your DNA, your potential, whatever. It's less about what you have in your brain and more about what you're willing to put in it. And I think that so many so many of us are too judgmental about uh, aspects of books that we would read because we don't like certain aspects of the people that write them when, they're, when if you will, approach things with... Uh, take the good, leave the bad, you will have all these benefits. So anyway, Crushing It by Gary Vee. What I like about Gary Vaynerchuk... Is that he has such insight about all these different platforms? He spends an incredible amount of time learning how to strategize to win on these platforms, and I think it's he, he has tons of insight there. Then there's a good article. I'll put it in the show notes. Three tips from the Latina illustrator who jumpstarted her career on Instagram. Her name uh, it's on it's an article on Forbes.com, uh, and it's about illustrator Marley Gallardo. And there's some good tips there about being an illustrator on Instagram. So go check that out. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to give back to the show, you can go to creativepepdoc.com and visit our shop. We open to Etsy. I've been loving the Etsy. I uh, feel like a lot of you guys are comfortable with that platform. I love it. My wife is a master at Etsy. She's been doing it for years. So she's comfortable on it. You can go get the... Creative Career Path Handbook and, and the ebook there and all kinds of creative pep talk merch if you want to get back and also get something cool out of it. You can also uh, sign up to the newsletter or follow me on social platforms at Andy J Pizza pretty much everywhere. And uh, you can review the show on iTunes. You can sign up to the newsletter. You can become a Patreon backer and back be one of the producers of the show. We love those people that do that at patreon.com slash Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg and all of his production of the podcast and providing the soundtrack to the podcast, which you can find on Spotify and Apple Music by by just searching "Creative Pep Talk" soundtrack. Great stuff to work to. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until we speak again, stay pepped up.